0: Hello and welcome to BTN's Take 10 Podcast. This is Alex Rue of BTN, and this podcast is brought to you by Northwestern University's School of Professional Studies. Before we get started, a quick word about Northwestern's Master's Program in Sports Administration. You can build a solid foundation in the strategic, creative, and analytic skills that are essential for success in the business of sports and the Master's Program in Sports Administration at Northwestern University. Find out more at sps.northwestern.edu slash sports. All right, and like I said, the presenting sponsor is Northwestern University's School of Professional Studies. So if you want to get a job in sports and get a job at a place like BTN, definitely check out that master's program and uh, follow that link that I just mentioned. All right, now we'll get into the episode. It is a post-Final Four episode of the Take 10 podcast, wrapping up uh, what we saw in Minneapolis as Michigan State made it to the Final Four, unfortunately fell to Texas Tech in the semifinal, um, but it was definitely still a great experience for Spartans uh, and for people like me who got to go and and, um, get a couple of interviews done at the Final Four and turn them into what will be on uh, this podcast episode. So for this episode today, we have two interviews with a couple of Big Ten head coaches that I was able to track down at the Final Four. The first is with Penn State head coach Pat Chambers, I interviewed him at uh, Final Four on Saturday, I believe, and then a couple hours later it cornered Steve Peichel, the Rutgers head basketball coach, and uh, chatted with both of them for about 10 or 15 minutes or so. So a couple of great interviews with them, um, coming right up here on the Take 10 podcast, talk a lot of uh, Final Four, their Final Four memories of just being around the event over the years, and we talked about their respective programs as well. So some good stuff coming up. And following those two interviews, we have our weekly Call for the Culture segment with Colleen Degnan, where we kind of reflect on the Final Four, some of the happenings around the event, uh, we talk some pop culture elsewhere in the world of sports, and we also finish up our March Madness cities bracket where we rank t- top U.S. cities uh, bracket style. So definitely don't want to miss any of that. First up, we'll start in the order that the interviews were conducted. So we'll go Pat Chambers, then Steve Peichel, and then call for the culture pat's first up and we'll get to the interview with the penn state head coach right now
1: very pleased to be joined the final four by penn state head basketball coach pat chambers pat welcome Good to be with you great to be with you thanks for having me yeah and uh for those who kind of might not realize final four
0: is kind of much more than an event for just the four teams can you kind of describe the obligations for a coach that didn't make it but still wants to be here and be kind of in the surrounding
1: events. Yeah, so uh, there's a ton of uh, there's head coaches meetings. There's a convention going on around all of this. So there's uh, some X and O things going on downstairs. Uh, I was at a CVC meeting this morning. Um, there, there's just so much to do surrounding this. You want to meet other coaches, maybe coaches that you've worked with that are now head coaches uh, so there's a real fraternity, real camaraderie about these three or four days outside of what you're about to witness in a few hours here. I assume you can't go too far without running into somebody you've, you've seen you know, over the years of college basketball. It, it's, it's, well, I, I Compared to a wedding, if you were getting married, every two steps you're like, hey, there, pleasantries, how you doing, good season, bad season, whatever it is. Uh, so that's what it's really like for, for a long time. For every day that you're here really. Yeah. Um but it's cool and it's great to catch up because you you know you're trying to try to beat each other's brains in throughout the year. So it's great to hang out with like Matt Weiner last night and Johnny V line and you know I saw Izzo walking in the street, which was hilarious. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? Wait, like, so you got a game to run. <laughs> I know, we'll that's walk, awesome. But but that's the type of guy he is, wants to be out there. So it was cool. So do you actually go to the games or do you, uh, I know a lot of coaches kind of fly out, are you planning on going to the games? I am. Uh, This will be the first time in 16 years. Other than 2009 when I was an assistant head associate coach at Villanova playing in the Final Four. So uh, this this year I'm actually going to go to the games. Um,
0: and you said you have meetings and stuff like that. Is there a lot of media obligations that you have to do? You're running around obviously doing this podcast,
1: you got something coming up. How much of it is media and trying to amplify your brand? Yeah, so it was good. Last night I did Big Ten Network uh, on the set. I had a lot of fun with Dave and and John Crispin. Um, I enjoyed that. i got to get a little bit better at it, but I enjoyed it. Uh, Today I obviously have the podcast. I'm going to do Sirius, and then I'll get ready for the games. Do you have a favorite Final Four memory over the years? Uh, I had to be coaching against uh, Carolina in 2009 at Ford Field, uh, being on Jay Wright's staff and doing all that at the time. So, that was amazing. Uh, Being in the Boston Elite Eight against Pitt, being able to win that game. Scotty Reynolds, was a big shot. And then just the the madness of every weekend going up to the Final Four. And then being a part of that on the biggest stage is something I'll never forget. Do you remember your first Final Four? Uh, Well, I wasn't a coach. I actually came as a, uh, a friend of Steve Donoghue, who was the head coach at Penn. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Seattle, uh, which was just, can you imagine, that was my first one. I wasn't even in the business yet. It's that 89? It was way back. Yeah, I'm talking, I was in my 20s. Okay. So it was way back, I was still single. <laughs> uh, and my brother and I went out, I actually went along with Steve Donoghue again and we had a blast. To you uh, network at all? Because I feel like I see a lot of young coaches walking around with the uh,
0: smaller school logos on their shirts. And, and I assume you know it's a big opportunity for those younger coaches. And I'm just wondering if you have memories of that. And, and if now, today, as, as a uh, head coach
1: at a D1 school, mm-hmm. do people ever come to you and try and you know, yeah, come up and, and try to get I, a job? Fortunately for me, I've been very blessed. I did not do that part of it. Mm-hmm. I came out to hang out with uh, the big five coaches. And that was kind of my my fraternity the camaraderie that i was in and i enjoyed that very much and i was lucky to be coached by and dan doherty back in philadelphia so when it was my turn to maybe get a job the division one and when going over jay wright called um, I, I had those connections i had those relationships so i was really blessed in that but now as a head coach being in the lobby uh, i'll give five ten minutes to anybody because yeah. you know Everybody needs a chance. I I was given a chance. I was given an opportunity. And who's going to be the next guy? So I'll I'll give somebody five or 10 minutes and chat with them and hear their 30 second commercial and and kind of just go on my way. Right. Obviously, we're in Big Ten City here. Uh, I've enjoyed it so far as a Final Four host city. What are some of your favorite. Final Four cities and uh, favorite place to visit for this event? My Final Four favorite city had to be uh, San Antonio. Yeah. Had a great time in San Antonio. Uh, great atmosphere. I thought Phoenix was great. Um, I was not in Atlanta, but I remember being in Atlanta a long time ago. It's always a great town. For Minnesota's great. I love coming to Minnesota, obviously. We get to play Minnesota at the barn. And- uh, fans are always great, very friendly. A lot of Minnesota fans stop me in the street, say hello, get pictures and stuff, so Minnesotans are, are treating us well. Yeah, Minnesota nice, Yes, as they call it. They're a good uh, host. Absolutely, so
0: who are some coaches, I know you mentioned running this, some guys. Who are some coaches that uh, are known to maybe get after it a little bit or a good time um, at, these, at these you know, these. <laughs> what do you mean get nights? after it? Can you... Uh...
1: <laughs> who enjoys themselves and, and who, who do you enjoy being around? Uh, last time we were at a great Nike event, so all the coaches at Nike were awesome. Again, I, I usually uh, spend a lot of time with John Line and Matt Painter, uh, Andy Enfeld, mm-hmm. uh, Dana Altman, um, We just Cal, uh, chat with Cal, uh, Bobby Huggins, so, you know, it's kind of a big, again, A group of guys that kind of commiserate together or share stories together and maybe have a soft beverage together and uh, laugh it up a little bit and and I think we need that you know we're under such a microscope and we're always in front of a camera to be able to talk to somebody who's in our shoes and kind of going through what we're going through Um, and no matter if you're Kentucky or Penn State it's kind of you know very different but very similar. Right. So I want to shift gears a little bit get into your background. Um, played at,
0: at, in Philly and in college. So how would opposing players have described you at the time? Because you're way up there in the leaderboard <laughs> uh, and you know, steals, assists, so I'm assuming you maybe you got into the skin of some
1: uh, opponents. How would they describe I you? Like, uh, I would say Jamari Wheeler, who's my point guard or Xavier Simpson. Mm. Maybe I wasn't the best shooter, but I'm going to really cause some problems on the defensive end. And I'm going to make everybody better That's that's around me. And probably a leader. You know, as a point guard you need to be a leader, you need to lead your team and Cassius Winston, I'm not Cassius, but I would say that type of leadership um, and and I compete and that's the way I coach too. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but I compete uh, just like those those other great point guards that I mentioned. Right, so you mentioned you were at Villanova, uh, coached at Boston University before ending up at Penn State, so explain to a Midwesterner uh the major differences between philly and boston just like cultural cities wow uh, i think boston's a pro town with your uh with their socks mm. and the bruins mm. and the celtics and the patriots uh but there's great basketball great college basketball in that town uh, i mean i was at bu we went to an nca tournament matter of fact when i was at villanova and we went to the final four we did it in Boston. We mm-hmm. were at the Garden, G- I think it's TD Garden. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I uh, great great memories of Boston. And then I would say Philadelphia is an incredible all-around sports town. Don't get me wrong, they love their Eagles, they love their Flyers, the Orange and Black, and the Phillies, who um, am I missing? Eagles, Phillies, Flyers, am I missing anything? Sixers. Oh, Sixers, yeah. oh my gosh. The Sixers are playing great right now. Yeah. So, they love their fruit, pro- but they love the big five. They love basketball. Here's a great example. I was at the High School Catholic League Championship. It was sold out at the Yeah, We played Michigan State at the Plessers, sold out. So you can imagine. You beat them, right? We did. We beat them there. So to be at that game and to see how much they enjoy their sports. So it's really all around where Boston's more pro. So you mentioned the pro sports, both cities. uh, Who are your favorite pro sports teams? you're going to get me in trouble here. here. Uh, I love Philadelphia teams. Okay. I love the Eagles, Phillies, Sixers. I go to Sixers games. Uh, going to the Phillies games, coming up. Harper. They're pretty on. good. Harper I mean, looking good so let's far. Let's go. John Beeline's man. John B- he's a big Cardinals fan, so he's all mad. He's got a Cardinals good. fan? Oh, yeah. Diehard. I like him a little less now. I'm a Cubs fan, so right. it's Cubs I li- and I read about all about the Cubs. Yeah, because I look at the Cubs, I look at Penn State basketball, I'm thinking, okay, there's similarities here. Read all about what Theo Epstein did, mm-hmm. and now Theo was in with the Red Sox at the time, yep. so I was at Boston New at the time, so I've been reading about Theo, doing my homework there, but definitely the Philly teams, and then New Boston, and, like I love the Red Sox. I went a to ton, mm-hmm. ton of Fenway games, of course the Celtics and Brad. Yep, uh, absolutely. All right, shifting gears before we wrap up, uh, Penn
0: State. And what lies ahead for you and this, this time of year, um, just besides recruiting, you know, with the season over, what's, what do you do this time of year? Do you get some downtime or is it all kind of gas, gas pedal at this point? You know,
1: it's, it's, it's not gas pedal, but it's keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say we're making great strides, even though our record's not a reflect, uh, reflection of how good we played this year. We were top 50 in the net. Our Kenpon numbers were off the charts. Our strength of schedule was off the charts. We're doing a lot of great things, and now we had two back-to-back years, first team all Big Ten players, not done very often for, for Penn State. So it's player development. We're working on skill development. We're doing some three-on-three stuff. Uh, we're getting in the weight room. I'm meeting with every, uh, every player on the team. I'm meeting with staff. So really setting the tone for the spring and the summer. Heading into next year, already got my headset and tentacles thinking about how much better we can be and what we need to do to get there. Do you get any personal downtime and vacations, or I'm trying, I'm trying to. My, my my staff says I need to find a hobby, okay. so I'm trying to find some hobbies. But you got any suggestions? will work on that. I'll, I'll try to think something. Because uh, I, I like golf, but I'm not, and I, I don't play video games, so that's not my style. I'm not a big social media. I'm not a Twitter.
0: I'm, try- I'm, I'm kind of like you. I'm mostly, you know, all sports all the time. I'm not. Like I like music, but everything's kind of casual. It's like mo- most of the. I like se- music. I'm a music guy. I most like music. of the
1: obsession comes in sports. You know, it I is. can't get away from it. So. You know when I tried to do meditate, i been trying to meditate. Okay. It's not going well. Maybe like, can you cook? Are you not, no, no. no. <laughs> my, my wife, when she watches this, she's gonna laugh at that one. <laughs> you know what I am? I can make eggs. There you go. I'm like, I'm like eggs and pancakes. I am pa- Are you noodles and I'm, noodles guy? I'm the same way. Noodles? I'm like
0: noodles, rice. Yeah. Anything you can put in the microwave, it's pretty much me. Yeah. Not me. All right, so we're similar in that sense. Um, It's past season. You guys start Big Ten,
1: play 0-10. How did you keep your squad from not tuning you out, giving up, and eventually, you know? It's a great phrase, tuning you out. You know what, I I give a lot of credit to the players and the staff. Um, I think they knew we were close, but sometimes you get down on yourself. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you lose that confidence. I thought our, our leadership was fantastic. Lamar Stevens, Josh Reeves, Jamari Wheeler, John Harrah, Those guys really stepped up. And I think the freshmen became more consistent. And the sophomores became more consistent. And, and they believed. And they kept showing up. And, and they knew we were close, and we would watch film and say, we can just win these five or six possessions, we can flip the script. And we did. I mean, to go from 0-10, to go to 7-10, and 10, mm-hmm. and get a buy in the Big Ten tournament, almost a little bit of a miracle, to be truthful. And that's how I'm so proud of our group. If we can keep all these guys together, analytically it says we can be top five in the Big Ten next year, we should be a top 25 team next year, if we keep everybody. First team all Big Ten, and uh, we lose Josh, we'll uh, guys sitting out, and our freshmen become sophomores, sophomores become sure juniors. Really a resilient bunch.
0: Have you got any indication from guys like Lamar or Mike on whether they're gonna test the
1: waters or stay? Yeah. No, why not? Mm-hmm. I'm encouraging them too. Mm-hmm. Like, now that you can hire an agent and you can get some real feedback from some NBA teams, mm-hmm. I'm telling them, yes, you gotta do it. So I, I think they're gonna do that, I think they're gonna proceed down that path, get some good feedback, see where they are, yeah and we'll go from there. So what can we expect from Penn State next year and going forward? I think you're going to see a really good team that's going to build off that month of February and then the beginning of March. And we're going to ride that into the summer and we're going to take that into the non-conference. Again, trend the schedule is top five most of the year. I think we're gonna learn from all those shared experiences. You can only get better from that. And as long as they have that focus and that determination that we had in February and March, I think I see really, really good things for Penn State basketball. All right, Pat, that's all I got for you. Thanks so much for joining me. Enjoy the weekend. Appreciate it. You. you too.
0: All right, thanks a lot to Pat for joining me. Thanks for uh, tracking me down in a uh, busy convention center in Minneapolis where uh, we're able to drown out some of the noise in the background and get a good interview done, so I appreciate him for taking the time. Next, we'll move on to another head basketball coach in the Big Ten. It's Rutgers head coach, Steve Peichel. Steve also was very generous with his time and uh, gave us a great 10 minutes or so, so we'll get right to that. Take 10's interview with Rutgers head men's basketball coach, Steve Peichel. I'm very pleased to be joined here at the Final Four in Minneapolis by Rutgers head basketball coach, Steve Peichel. Steve, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? I'm doing terrific. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you being here. Um, So first off, what does your Final Four itinerary kind of look like? Because I feel like fans don't really realize that, you know, the coaches
2: from all across college basketball come and kind of congregate here. Well, I tell you, there's a lot of things. You have a ton of meetings, first of all, a couple of my clinics. I have my two boys with me, so it's my time to catch up, too, uh, with those guys. We went to the Fan Fest over there, you know, today and uh, you know come here and do a couple like tv functions too for big 10 network and then we're heading over to the game so we'll enjoy those and then uh tomorrow i have a couple of awards uh, uh banquets that i have to go to and then i'm going to try to sneak in the uh timberwolves game uh, uh my son's favorite player was russell westbrook so oh, there you go. get a chance to go over there and, and he hasn't been to any nba games and he's uh, 12 years old so i got to get him over there you know the season is so long that if we could squeeze in the game after the season, it's great. And then uh, we're staying this year, first time I've stayed staying in a while for the championship game. So I look forward to that on Monday. So going to be a jam-packed weekend. Uh, you try to come every year? You know to I Toronto do. Ford? I like to come out here and, you know, uh, sometimes depending on the family, who I can take with me, you know. So, uh, um, you know, excited and, and usually, you know, pick up some new drills and some, meet some people that you haven't seen in a while and talk. And, uh, you know, it's always a great time. I say for people that love basketball. Do you remember uh, your first Final Four? Were you a young actually coach it, or? Was, it was out here. Mm-hmm. You know, I was at UConn University, of Connecticut. I was uh, uh, first-time assistant coach there, and it was here. And, and I hung out with Glenn Miller, one of my uh, mentors, who was on the staff at UConn at the time. And you know, got a chance to get a taste of it that first time in, in, in this city. Kind of full circle for you, then. Uh, exactly. Who are some fellow coaches or maybe people in the industry you make sure to try and run into when you're at these types of events? Well, always uh, Coach Calhoun. Mm-hmm. I got a chance to play for him, and I actually saw him, you know, this morning. I always like to try to meet with him for a lunch or or a coffee, what have you. Uh, but I like to see all the coaches that I've worked with through the past, you know, years. The assistant coaches now, my tree has grown a little bit, um, you know, in the coaching in the coaching circle. One of my assistants, Jay Young, just got the Fairfield University job, so. Like to see all those kind of people and try to get to as many events as I can.
0: Obviously, this is a great Final Four city, and there's uh, plenty of host sites that work well throughout the years. If
2: there's one city you could pick the Final Four to be in, which one would you select? Uh, you know, my wife loves San Antonio, uh, and she's not with me today because Northwestern women are playing in the WNIT championship, mm-hmm. and my daughter Brooke plays on that team, so um, she's out in Arizona right now with her. But uh, you know I, I, you know, I like Indianapolis, too. I mean, I like Minneapolis, you know. They're, they're great cities and Atlanta does a good job, so kind of like them all. They're all different, unique in their own way. Yep, uh,
0: shifting gears a little bit, I wanted to get into your background a little. And I didn't know until today that you were one of nine children
2: growing up. What was, what was that like? Um, challenging, I would say. I was number seven, so uh, a lot of older brothers and sisters, but great, you know, I had great parents and Uh, We grew up in Connecticut and uh, we've all now moved to every different, you know, region in the the country and uh, it's exciting to be from a big family. I got a lot of supporters and a lot of them following Rutgers Nation now. A lot of people ask for tickets then too. You get a lot (laughs) of that from time to time for sure. So uh, you played at UConn, you mentioned Coach
0: Calhoun, really at the beginning of his successful run there. So how much credit can you personally take for building UConn into the national power? <laughs> like, you're, you know, before Ray Allen and Rip
2: Hamilton, it was Steve I'd like Powell. to take a lot of it, but I can't do that. You. I'd be, you, know, you know, Coach Calhoun taught me a ton, and I was part of his first recruiting class. Me and a guy named Tate George, um, you know, were the first two guys that signed on. And, um, you know, just loved my experience. We had a great staff, Dave Lato, who's at DePaul now, Howie in the all-time winningest coach at Central Connecticut Division I history. Um, Glenn Miller, who I mentioned, went on and and coached at Brown and uh, did some great things at Penn, too. So a lot of really, really uh, great staff members. I got a chance to play and and, uh, build a program, saw the building from the inside. Then I got a chance to work with Coach Calhoun too. So I enjoyed my time at UConn tremendously. And you stayed on, uh, you alluded to it
0: earlier, and coached there for a year after you graduated. So what was that like going from... The dynamic of being a player and then coaching your former teammates? You
2: know what a great experience so I got a chance six years at UConn as a player and then as a coach and um, got to you know see firsthand from a player's perspective and then I was fortunate enough to be in those meetings as a coach to really see the reasons why he did what he did you know so I think I had the greatest internship you could have uh, Me and my first year at UConn, we were not very good, and my last year we were number one in, you know, number one seed in the NCAA tournament and Big East champs. So we got to go through the whole gamut as a player, you know, from worst to first. So when you were a uh, first year coach, did you ever that authority at all under uh, on your Former teammates that you used to play with. You, 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 you know, um, yeah, you know, I didn't. I wasn't, you know, that high up in the food chain there as an assistant there. Uh, but um, you know, just enjoyed and, and could could talk to them on a different level about sure. you know my experiences dealing with coaches from a player's perspective. So, you know, a lot of fun. We had great players. Danielle Marshall was mm-hmm. on that. Kevin Ali was. Uh, Danny Marshall, a lot of pros. You know, so my first few years of coaching had some really really good players. Right. Uh, coach of Stony Brook, obviously for a long time on um, Long Island. Now the coach at Rutgers. It's
0: a lot of time spent near New York City. So are you a uh, New York sports fan? Are those are your pro teams over uh, For
2: I, I love it. You know, growing up in Connecticut too, you either had to root for. You know, there were no pro teams in the state of Connecticut, so you were either a Yankee, Red Sox, or you were a Giants, New England mm-hmm. Patriots. And, and you know, my dad was a Yankee guy, and I became a, a, a Yankee. And a, and a Giants guy, and my wife, who's another Connecticut person, she became a Red Sox and New England Patriots. So our house is always divided on game days. So, some of the follow sports media, I always hear the name Mike Francesca thrown out, uh, the yeah. sports pope. Do you, do you listen to him at all? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I always listen to, to the fan. and. Uh, you know, all the all the great guys that have came through that, you know, I grew up with uh, Mike and the Mad Dog. Uh, and, and listening to them, you know, going through, and and still to this day, I always turn on the fan. Mm-hmm. Um, just following up and, and finishing up with some Rutgers talk, and
0: you know, you have reputation as being one of the nicest coaches in the league, like all the, the network loves you, obviously. But then when I think uh, East Coast basketball, it's like a rugged, tough brand of basketball, and I think your team kind of embodies that, so. How do you mold a team to be, you know, tough with that mindset and also with you being, like I said, one of the nicer guys in college basketball?
2: Well, you know, uh, I'm kind of uh, a blue-collar coach. You know, grew up, you know, under Coach Calhoun and learning how to play hard in the old Big East, which was rough and tumble. Uh, You know, and I want my, my my team to kind of exude those kind of, crates too tough and no one's going to give you anything and that's how we try to get them to play and you know I'm just thankful I got a great staff Brandon Knight one of the toughest players ever to play in the Big East Carl Hobbs was a legend at UConn um you know Jay Young who now has just moved down to Fairfield University one of the you know great assistant coaches uh two in the country going to be a great head coach um uh, you know so you got a lot a of, lot of uh you know credit goes to uh, the staff but you players have to buy into and I think I you know have good relationships with my players and uh, You know, I think on the court they know it's time to practice and play and, and play the right way And uh, part of that is being tough. All right. Uh, last question, Steve I want to get your outlook for your program moving forward.
0: Obviously. I think everyone realizes it's trending in the right direction You guys more than doubled your win total in, in year
2: three. So where do things go from here? You know, I'm excited. I mean, we have everybody back. I think we are one of the youngest teams in the conference last year. I think Maryland and us, two of the youngest teams in the league and one of the youngest in the country. Um, I I now have a lot of returning players that I kind of know about. We had six newcomers this year, never played a minute in Big Ten. Um, And I feel really good, you know, about moving forward here with a little continuity, you know, with our rotations. And we're going to go to Spain this summer. We're, you know, we're going to open up a practice facility, a hundred million dollar practice facility, which is going to be as nice as there is in the country. Which is going to help us a great deal to develop and players. So I really feel good. We had five sellouts this year, up from one from the year before. Um, you know, so we're trending in that direction. But you know, got a great staff again, a great athletic director, Pat Hobbs, that I work work under, who's really helping spearhead. All the development and all the facilities upgrades that the university needs. So you know, I feel real good, you know, heading into year four. But it's the best league in the country. So um, you're gonna play Hall of Fame coaches. You're gonna play great players. So we have our work cut out. But I really like the way we're uh, progressing. All right. We'll enjoy the offseason. Enjoy Spain, and uh, we'll be following you as we move forward. Appreciate the time. It'll be fun, and I appreciate you having having me on today. Absolutely. Thanks, coach. Thank you.
0: All right, thanks once again to Steve for joining me. We'll wrap this episode up. It's a post-Final Four episode. we take 10 podcast up with another Call for the Culture segment. Uh, if you have not heard the show or the segment before, we bring on uh, assistant producer Colleen Degnan, and we get into the intersection of sports and pop culture. And in this episode, we'll talk uh, plenty of post-Final Four topics and have some fun. So let's get right to it. It's the Call for the Culture segment, and it starts right now. All right, we're back with another episode of Call for the Culture. It's Alex Rue here with Colleen Degnan Colleen, we've been removed from our normal recording spot. There's some conflicts going on right now in our studio. So um, now we're in kind of a conference room.
3: Feels like home, though. It's the Rose Bowl conference room.
0: Yeah, yeah. for you, yeah. Um, I don't know. It remains to be seen if we'll be throwing off our game a little bit here, being in, in a uh, different... Venue, but like, I guess it's just like players playing away from home
3: and like spring cleaning. Yeah, we're
0: just like athletes, so
3: feng a lot.
0: So, if there's any humming in the background, apologies for that. But yeah, we're in the, the Rose Bowl conference room and we got plenty to talk about uh, coming off the final four. Sorry, uh, Sparty, to not get it done. I know we we're both hoping for a uh, Big Ten team to bring it home, but uh, Michigan State did make it. Where did you watch the games this past weekend and uh, uh, Monday night?
3: I was on Saturday in River North at a fun local establishment, Okay, and then Monday's game I watched from the comfort of my apartment, but you got to watch Saturdays.
0: I was at the game Saturday. Um, Michigan State losing, unfortunately. I I decided to come home one day early and and watch from the comfort of uh, my own home. The, The seat's in Minneapolis, uh, not to complain, um, but just at the Final Four, just how big the football stadium is <laughs> gets to
3: go to the Final Four. Complaining about no, no, the
0: seats? No, no, you, you just can't see the game that well. So, you know, I love being there. Obviously, loved uh, enjoying the experience. But give I me w- your takes. How was final it? Four. How was it? It was fun. It was. It was. It was cool. Uh, Minneapolis is a good host city. They they built that stadium in a place that's convenient for everyone to kind of get around from their downtown hotels and restaurants. To the stadium area, uh, and we got lucky with the weather. The weather was pretty nice overall, really warm for Minnesota. And then now there's like a blizzard moving in there. I know. So <laughs>
3: like I can't imma- like, can imagine the final weekend. four where it got
0: snowed out. That would have been nuts. But um,
3: wait, comparison to last year, comparison to Houston or wait, San Antonio. San Antonio,
0: um, different. I mean, San Antonio just has kind of all their entertainment area in one spot, kind of on the Riverwalk. Uh, Minneapolis is a little more spread out. Minneapolis does have, like, a much bigger convention center, I think, where okay. they were able to hold a lot of the kind of sponsored events. So you, with your ad of the week, would have enjoyed the kind of the activations <laughs> that were going on there. A lot of orange vanilla Coke.
3: Uh, did uh, you try it?
0: No, I still haven't tried it. I should have. I will
3: never try that. That
0: was my chance, but um, but no.
3: Did a lot of Big Ten fans come out?
0: There were a lot. There was a lot of representation. That's, that's one of my favorite things about the Final Four is that you see everyone kind of in their school – colors, even if their teams didn't make it. So there were a lot of Minnesota Gophers fans there, obviously, with it being their home
3: sporting town
0: event. Yes, wearing mm-hmm. their Gophers stuff. Um, a, a good amount of other Big Ten fans, saw a lot of Wisconsin fans there. Um,
3: Supporting Ehap yep. and Khalil.
0: Yeah, with uh, Khalil Iverson in the dunk contest. He, he didn't do too hot, but uh, we also had Ethan Happ and, and Jordan Murphy from Minnesota and John Morgan from Indiana and Glenn Watson from Nebraska doing the three-on-three tournament, which uh, got to taken. I'm all of America, so that was cool. So yeah, we were all over the uh, the Twin Cities and it was a good time. I, I was under the weather for a good amount of the you sound back. the weekend. I'm mostly back. Uh, I, I think it's it's been going around though. A lot of people have been been sick as far as I know. I don't know what the what the deal is.
3: I don't know. I've been taking my zinc every day, fighting with my immune system.
0: Yeah, so that's that's the secret. I got I need to take my vitamins. But uh yeah, I'm I'm back and I'm mostly back to full health. Can we talk about how Lucky slash good Virginia is, and how it basically got them to a title with their unbelievable clutch play.
3: Well, I mean, I just love the whole story. Starting from last year, being the number one seed in the tournament, and getting outrooted first round by sixteenth yep. seed. Yep. So, and then coming back, and every single game was like they fought to the end. So, like, I don't think like yeah, some people might argue luck, some people might argue refs calls, but like. I think they learned they played gritty, and I was rooting, I was rooting for UVA.
0: Yeah, uh, it's just crazy to me, like how, from a certain point in each of those last three games against Purdue, uh, against Auburn, and then the championship against Texas Tech, how they were dead in the water pretty much, and they were able to at the very last second, pretty much find another gear, and you know with some fortunate bounces or calls or circumstances going their way, taking full advantage of those. And turn it into a title. And you talked about Tony Bennett last time and how you're rooting for him. Um, he's a hard guy not to be happy Stand for.
3: Stand-up guy. I love him. Like, how
0: could you root against a coach like that who doesn't make it about himself? <laughs> Dabbo Swinney? <was 20>. Um, <laughs> you know, makes it about his team and just looks so harmless.
3: So harmless. And they haven't ever won a championship title before. So, I mean, I think we got to be happy for them.
0: I definitely am. Um, Zach
3: Guy work? is going to be the epitome of a meme for so long. His face. Guy? The, uh, Zach Guy.
0: Who's that? Oh, was, no, Kyle Guy.
3: Kyle Guy. Kyle Guy.
0: <laughs> you, got your, you, got your average, you got your average guy name mixed up. Kyle Guy, yeah. Do you know Kyle Guy used to have a man bun? Yes. Yeah, that's that's a weird look. I, I don't remember that. I, I don't remember when he had the man bun. But, uh like
3: the devastation from last year's tournament to Yeah, his he, face after he won this yes, year's?
0: Yes, yes. Okay, I, I know what you were talking about when, he, when his uh, hands were in his face. Maybe his middle name is Zach. That's, <laughs> but do you want to hear about some of the funny things I saw? Give it uh, to the me. Weekend? Okay. One of the highlights of the weekend was at the game uh, between Michigan State and Texas Tech. Obviously it didn't go the way we would have preferred. But uh, one of the most hype moments of the entire, um, I guess, both games was when they played the new hit song that everyone's been talking oh, about, "Old Town Road" by is by Lil Nas. Is that yeah? It? Okay, but the remix. Yeah, and the remix includes Billy Ray Cyrus, which is great. Which is
3: legit. Yeah,
0: so "Old Town Road." If people don't know, it's the song that goes. It's like it's like country rap.
3: If you're asking me to sing right now, you no, think again. I'm, I'm not, not that dumb. No. I wish we could play it. But I don't think we have
0: like the music rights to it. Anyway, it's Ex- he's like got horses in the back, and then and it's just been sweeping. Uh, it's
3: a low-key banger
0: Pop culture It is It's great And uh, I think it's kind of Ushering in a new wave Of like Country hip-hop
3: It makes it feel like Summer too And it, it has that vibe That it, you just like Can't help but Beat along to so, it So anyway it.
0: Oh, sorry No so anyway <laughs> it Basically The Texas Tech fans Adopted it as their anthem This right, weekend right. And when they played it In the stadium It got so hyped Like with the, the Texas Tech fans Singing along And basically Turning it into a, a mosh pit concert In their own uh, Fan sections Jumping to the beat and so that got me hyped when, when they played Old Town Road and the beat dropped. So uh, that was awesome. Uh, another crazy part of the weekend, this was n- not so awesome if you're an Auburn fan, but the whole sequence of when the uh, foul on the three-pointer in the corner happened and Auburn fans, since the stadium was so big and cavernous, didn't realize that the um, foul had been called. They thought they had won the game. the time had expired. I thought they had won the game. Like, you can't even see at that end of the court that, that something had happened. and so
3: Right, back to the seats issue. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so it was actually crazy. Like, I've never heard boos that loud from Auburn fans. Really? It was super hostile in there after, like, from the time that Virginia shot the free throws to when they ran off the court victorious. Like, the refs had to run by the Auburn student <gasps> section, and it was such a loud chorus of boos, and there were Auburn fans – And students throwing stuff at the refs coming off, like, their pom-poms, their drink cups, whatever. It was a scene.
3: You would not want to be that ref. Yeah, that was a scene.
0: that's something that, like, you know, CBS and the NCAA is not going to show on TV probably just because it's, like, not something they want to promote. But, like, it was wild after that that, – that call, and I don't know, did you see the viral moment where I kind of your went tweet. viral in the final four? Yeah, yeah Alex
3: is uh, going to plug himself right now. <laughs>
0: well, it fits with the situation.
3: Yeah, expl- read your tweet. Do you have it on hand?
0: Um, yeah, I do. One second. All right, All right pulling up, and, and Colleen has it on her phone, and this is kind of my big moment of the tournament because I was lucky enough to see one of the biggest acts of stupidity slash comedy at a uh, sporting event, and I, I guess a lot of people agreed that it was entertaining because uh, it kind of took off in the Twitter sphere. So Colleen... Yeah, here's me. Rox's
3: uh, One Shining Moment tweet, we can say. One Auburn student poured beer all over his head in the celebration, not realizing a foul had been called. Tough scene for that guy.
0: Yeah, it was a tough scene, and, and it happened just as I described. I didn't have a video, but I knew there was going to be a video that eventually came out because the fan that I mentioned was staring basically doing it for the gram, like pouring it <laughs> right into the, the phone of another uh, girl who was recording him. And so I knew that the girl had that video, and sure enough, it came out, and, and that also went viral. So I like to think that I, I did a little bit to unearth well, the... Well, uh, I mean,
3: you got 16.4K likes.
0: Yeah. yeah quite That's a few. insane. It, it went into the, uh, the Twitter sphere and took off, because who doesn't like, you know, SEC fans making fools of themselves and getting, uh, and getting uh, you know, just embarrassed... I feel bad. I do feel bad as a whole for the Auburn students because they thought it was over. They celebrated for a good 15 seconds or so, and that guy obviously was acting like a moron. But um, and he eventually got escorted out because he was like kicking stuff and destroying property or whatever. I don't know if he got actually arrested, but he definitely got kindly asked to leave the premises. Um, But yeah, it it was it was probably (laughs) top five funny moment I've seen in person as far as like a sporting event goes. Have you ever thought, Colleen, that something um, you know was in your grasp or that you won something, and really uh, it was just one big, um, I guess, just act of deception or or, or one big, uh, you know, failure like, like we saw the Auburn fan.
3: Like when Wisconsin almost won the national championship? Like what are you talking about? Do you I know? don't
0: know, just like a moment like that. Oh, God,
3: <laughs> let me think. Well, I guess in lieu of wanting summer to almost be here, Last year, I was playing in a beach volleyball league. Well, beach is also asterisk term. I can't really consider the lakefront a beach, but regardless. Sand team. Is there
0: sand and is there water?
3: Okay, we're not getting into that argument. It's not a beach. It's a lakefront. There's a huge difference. Anyways, last year, I was on a beach (laughs) sand volleyball team, and we were last place out of, like, 15 teams, and in the end in playoffs, everybody makes playoffs because yeah. that's the beauty of uh, Chicago sports. Yeah. And we made it to the champ game, and I really thought we were going to have it. I thought my competitive spirit would help us edge out, and we lost.
0: Was it close? Like was it a, was it a I think it call? went to three was sets. Was it a big call at the end of the game that was the bait and switch like we saw with our... <laughs>
3: Yeah. I don't think we had any spectators uh, losing their beverages over it, okay. but uh, I think it was up there with heightened moments. Okay. That's not a bad example. So, you okay. know, maybe some That's redemption like this summer. All right.
0: So, yeah, like uh, like we were talking about, Virginia basically pulled this moment on three separate teams, not in as dramatic a fashion, I don't think, um, in the championship game. But Texas Tech was right there. They could have won that game. It was close. They were up three in overtime. It kind of looked yeah, like they overtime the game. Yeah, overtime game is
3: just fun. Like, yeah, it was a
0: great national championship game.
3: Everyone thought it was going to be way more low, sc- low scoring than it was. Yeah, it
0: started out like three to two yeah, in the first six nuts. minutes. And I'm like, oh my God, is this game going to get even into the 40s? And and both teams picked it up and yeah. turned in a really good national championship game. And it was a good tournament. Like, we talked, I think, about how the first weekend was kind of a dud. Right. The f- there was no buzzer beaters throughout the whole tournament. But the quality of the games really were elevated. Some good basketball. From the Sweet 16 on, really. Yeah. So, uh, so way to close so off Yeah, let's put a bow On the tournament Some troops. Um, One more thing in Minneapolis uh, Cracked my phone A little bit In the corner oh. So that's That's one souvenir I got it's to take Having home. too much fun I, I don't know what happened I, I uh, was getting ready To leave on Monday morning And just kind of noticed Hey, my screen's cracked So It's okay But it's, it's just It's very minor It's alright So that's
3: Gives it some character Yeah, you know?
0: yeah. So overall Very good weekend uh, Old Town Road Swept the streets And Minneapolis As we knew it would be is a good host, and, and as we get into our city bracket in just a minute to, to finish it up, I'm gonna retroactively put Minneapolis in because it deserves. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it won me over officially. It deserves to be in the top 16 cities in the country. So before we get to that, though, Colleen, I know you like to do your weekly advertising spotlight. What do you have this week?
3: This week we're focusing on everyone has seen it. You better have seen it. The Budweiser ad with D Wade.
0: Yes, Have I actually saw it this morning. Yeah, on the train in.
3: Where are you brought to tears?
0: It was very emotional. It was really good. Um, I've always liked Dwayne Wade. I think he's a good ambassador for, for basketball. He's always just a guy that seems very uh, pleasant and and in, always in a you know upbeat mood. He's never been somebody that like brings a lot of drama or seems miserable like a lot of these other NBA players that, that seem to care about you know their personal clout or whatever. Like D Totally. D Wade's always just been. Kind of a um, positive ambassador for the game. So
3: yeah, I mean, and this ad's amazing. It's about his one last stand. So like all through this season, he was switching jerseys with other very popular NBA players whenever he went on different sites. And in this commercial, it highlights on all that. And then at the end, he's brought into the onto the court. And he doesn't know who he's about to meet and quote-unquote like trade jerseys with or whatever. And it is different people that he's positively impacted or influenced throughout his life through mm-hmm. his philanthropic acts or just being a standout guy. And it definitely is a tear-jerker. It's emotional. Yeah, it's really and well-produced. It's an incredible um, ad.
0: I mean, I think, I think the people that—there are five people. And one was his mom, who whose right. story has been highlighted quite a bit over the years and how she overcame drug addiction to become a pastor— uh, One's one, a
3: student that uh, a student helped her pay tuition yeah.
0: One was the brother of uh, one of the Parkland right. shooting victims Who was a big Dwayne Wade fan I thought that was uh, really, really cool r- Yeah, because I do remember him putting the, the kid's name on, on his, his shoes, shoes yeah. Soon after the aftermath of that So that was a uh, very nice gesture I'm glad they were able to bring that back into the spotlight And another was a, just a guy, I think, who was like more of an entrepreneur Yeah right, or something like that. he was just
3: really inspired by him yeah. So he gave him his first blazer he wore on his job interview Was there anyone else? Um, no, I think that those were it.
0: Yeah, but anyway, the, it, it, Budweiser did a really good job. Well produced, and it was uh, all brought together in, in a very uh, heartfelt way, like you said. So, and and you could tell Dwayne was genuinely moved by yeah. it. that's another reason. Like he just seems like a genuine he guy. He seems like you know? such.
3: And ugh, I love him and Gabrielle Union. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, and
0: they're a big uh, Nebraska family. They, they have a Big Ten tie-in. Yes. Just, Gabrielle is a uh, Nebraska fan and alum, I believe. Yeah. And um, they have that, that kind of interesting and unique.
3: Perfect timing, too, to as, as well. like NBA is just going into playoffs and yeah, for sure. And, like- and it's,
0: it's sad that D Wade is, uh, is done, but shout out to him for a great career. Uh, I feel kind of old because I remember when he first <laughs> yeah. thing, a lot of these guys are now wrapping up, like when, when I first started watching NBA. 25, super up,
3: old, and, dude.
0: And, uh, <laughs> uh, so, speaking of ads, um, I want to get you in on this last week, but kind of forgot. But since, um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, and I do in the ad reads we have got Northwestern University School of Professional Studies back on for another advertising campaign. Love it. Um, we got to get them involved. I mean, we have to have you do an ad read or something coming up here I'm, soon. I'm in it. All right, you in? Into it maybe next week? Yeah, here we go. Got to give them a shout-out. Shout-out to the uh, sports, sports Administration. And, yep, Sports yeah.
3: Administration. Yeah. master's
0: program that they have going on there. Um, you got plenty of people. I mean, all right, so I know a lot of people that work in sports Went to get their master's, right? Like, right. Do you know a lot of friends that did that?
3: Not for sports, but uh, shout out to, I guess, Northwestern as a whole. My brother is graduating from their MBA program. There you too. go. Kellogg? Yeah, Kellogg. So, uh, nice. almost there, bro. One last quarter. I hope you're listening. Awesome, it's awesome
0: <laughs> that he got into Northwestern because I didn't. But that doesn't mean you won't if you subscribe <laughs> all, or if you uh, apply for the, the program. Um, all right, so shout out to them once again. Moving on. We got a big weekend coming up uh, with. A couple of cultural <laughs> watch yeah, um, we have to
3: asterisk this watch though.
0: experiences. So, do you? Question for you: Are you a Game of Thrones fan?
3: So, I, I really tried. I got through the first five seasons this this past winter. Five seasons? Yeah, I think there's nine though, right? Yeah, uh, they're starting their nine. I don't know. This is the Saturday. problem. There's so many, and my roommate loves that. I've never heard of somebody that's like gotten
0: through a bunch and then didn't like just stopped.
3: Then a lot of things just started picking up in my life. I don't know. I I couldn't. I couldn't fully commit, but I'm in. I, I'm excited for everybody that is excited.
0: See, I'm not I'm I'm <laughs> I'm not into this because I have never worked up the courage to start. I was behind the eight ball when you know they kind of got really popular, and I just never started because it, it was always so daunting. And everyone's like, "Oh, just get through the first couple seasons and you'll love it. Like it, you won't be able to, to stop watching. You'll binge it." And I just never started. And you're the first person now that I've heard that like got through the first few well, seasons and then just couldn't
2: keep going. Okay,
3: I also read the first book and didn't like it, okay. and then and then that already a lot of people felt hostile towards me. And so then I had to start the show. I just don't think it's, it's my genre. It's such a
0: it's but it's such a cultural phenomenon that I feel so left out. Like so many people I follow on Twitter, like will tweet the references. So many people I follow have like tweeted spoilers over the years that I think I probably know a lot <laughs> yeah. about what happens. And. Again, like yeah, like you said, I'm not big into the fantasy, dragon, bow and arrow... Right? ...genre.
3: It's like a whole but like, universe. But then again,
0: I know people that aren't crazy about that but still love the show. So I, I think I would like it. And now it's this time of year that I have to deal with now because I've been too lazy to start it. And I'm just sitting over here bitter that I'm not part of this big uh, cultural phenomenon. And I I don't know. I'm just going to <laughs> like, I'm just gonna have to deal with it half of well, other tweet gonna be about G- Game of Thrones
3: you I mean you have until Sunday so you've got five no, days
0: no my coworker, worker um, one of our co-workers here said like three months ago that he's gonna start and that would lead him right perfectly into the premiere of the season coming up and I was like yeah I'll, I'll watch it with you and, and we'll kind of keep track together and, and uh, he did mm-hmm. and I didn't and here, here he's finished and ready to go and I'm <laughs> behind again so
3: that's okay well th- you can also focus on this weekend also yeah but I- that's another th-
0: i'm not a big golf fan really so yeah. i don't like get worked up like i i can appreciate the act of sitting down this weekend and just flipping on golf and kind of enjoying oh, it's so leisurely enjoying the pace and enjoying you know the, the scenery and I'm- i know enough about golf that i can watch what's going on and get into it but i'm not like looking forward to it oh i know what about you
3: i my family huge golf fam okay um great memories growing up i feel like masters always was in, was around like a spring break so not having a spring break kind of stinks <laughs> but still bringing back good mems. and you'll yeah, be watching i will be watching all right I'll, i'm sure i'll have it on like
0: i have friends that are big golf fans but like working here uh makes it harder because there's a bunch of spring games this weekend, so yeah, I'll, be spring I'll be focused on spring football. I'm missing a master's party that i was invited <laughs> more to. Important,
3: more importantly, your social life. Yeah, is missing a hurt. master's
0: party, so um, that, that would have got me yeah. into it a little more. So, yeah, big weekend for a lot of people. <laughs> Alex, you're not one out. of them. <laughs> I'm feeling a little left out. Um, that's okay, though. Um, it's also a big day for. Those of us with brothers and sisters out there is that is that correct? You told me that there's,
3: Yeah, it's, okay. it's National Sibling Day.
0: National Siblings Day,
3: which I feel like there's kind of a national day every single day.
0: There is no, we use that as like a big social media tool for <laughs> us. Like if it aligns with something that has happened that's relevant in the Big Ten, we will definitely use the national days to like highlight those videos or whatever we have. Are
3: there so, any like national sports siblings that you love? Oh, that's fun. Yeah,
0: I mean, there's the Morris twins in. Um, professional basketball i'm trying to think there's there's so many the watts yeah the Watt brothers that's a big big 10 one um with tj jj and what's the other one it's, it's not cj it's uh <laughs> i don't know Sorry, uh, sorry it's, it's the Watt third brother. one yeah um but yeah jj and and tj are the big wisconsin uh wisconsin guys so yeah there's plenty of, uh
3: the curry can- brothers seth and steph
0: yeah, I think one of those is a little bit better than the other. Okay,
3: relax. It is hard. Rip to, city. I
0: mean, to get two guys in the NBA.
3: Yeah, come on. That's legit. That's
0: tough. So how many siblings do you have?
3: Three. Okay. I'm the baby.
0: I have two. I'm the oldest. So
3: So happy National Siblings Day. Yeah.
0: Shout out to them. Where do they go to school? You mentioned one that is at Northwestern.
3: Well, they're all like, well, what? the one sister. If
0: you're the youngest, then none of them go to school really anymore.
3: None don't go to school anymore. But so yeah, the one brother's finished up at Northwestern. The other sister finished up at UVA. Okay, I mean, like a decade National ago. champion. So she was like, wahoo, wah Yeah. Um, I can't say though. She definitely only watched this weekend's game. So a little bit of a bandwagoner. But so that's that makes, all good. It
0: makes me <laughs> mad when I'm like if my team, like if my team was ever gonna win, you know, I could say I've been there from the beginning. And then a lot of these people just parachute in.
3: Are, wait, that's that's, that's how sports.
0: Do. That's how sports go, though. So. Are
3: you, you're still interested in school?
0: Yeah, my brother goes to Illinois, and my sister goes to DePaul. There you go. Exactly. So, happy, happy National Siblings Day to uh, our, our kin. Um, speaking of your Blazers, I know you brought them up briefly just a moment ago. I have to ask: Have you seen uh, the star of the Blazers, Damian Lillard, on one of our BTN alumni's what? new I'm shows? There.
3: Yeah, um, Taylor Rooks' show. I think her segment with Dame dropped today. Yeah, so, so I still need to watch it. So Taylor Rooks
0: was all over the place. Uh, BTN alum, Illinois alum. Um, I think she was at BTN almost three years ago now. And now she has her own show on Bleacher Report called Take It There. She's also a friend of this podcast. She's been on one episode. So shout out to Taylor for that. And, and uh, congratulations to her on her new show. It just came out. It was being promoted all across the NCAA tournament platform so right. a lot of good exposure for her um and yeah it's awesome that daily Man lillard was on there yeah, the second think... episode jimmy butler was the first
3: one yeah, so yeah did you yeah, get a chance yeah. to watch uh i haven't watched james yet but i know he alludes to talking about not needing any rings and sticking sticking true to his team and his city i like that and he's just such a standout i like
0: that because we kind of mentioned with d wade how just sort of content he seems, and, and, you know, obviously it's easy to say that when he has three rings and he's such a great player, but so many NBA <laughs> players, are, there's just so much drama surrounding a lot of them these days. And
3: well, NBA drama in general, huge news, that dropped last year. Like, there's always somebody who's unhappy, oh, true,
0: and true. always somebody who's, like, you know, eyeing the contract of the guy next to him, you know, Kyrie Irving's always looking for a way out, Kevin Durant, there's always rumors swirling about where he's going, but, like, Dame Lillard and guys like Russell Westbrook have stayed true to yeah. their cities. Not and, necessarily
3: giving into the whole super team. And, super team, and I can appreciate that. You yeah, know? yeah, I love like
0: that. I like the competitive edge. I know Same. everyone's all about defending the guys that go to play with their friends or go to play with the super teams. Um, I've never been as about that as everyone else. Like I'm as pro player as anyone, but that doesn't mean that I don't think the league is better off when your stars are distributed throughout the league. And, and Dame's been a guy that has, like you said, stayed true to Portland and has said he doesn't need. Join a super team, so you're lucky you have a star like that to cheer for. Oh,
3: what a guy. What a guy.
0: Absolutely. So Portland also is another city that didn't make our <laughs> yeah. national Stop. cities bracket. But sixteen cities did. And we're down Actually, 17 because Minneapolis is an honorary one that's in there now. Um, down to the final two. We're down to the final two. We we've extended this over three weeks. Three shows.
3: Definitely made some enemies.
0: Yep. We had uh, some (laughs) debates within the office and among friends. Some angry DMs. Yep. And there's only two cities remain, and we're going to decide right now. How's it sound? Let's do it. All right. So take me through the bracket. um, Who's remaining? And who advanced to our final four last weekend?
3: Our final four, we had Chicago coming out of the NYC Chicago, and uh, San Francisco defeated L.A. So now we have Chicago versus San Francisco.
0: Okay. Um, I do.
3: You have, I feel like you. You have some some facts today.
0: I yeah. Imagine that. We, I actually did a little research <laughs> to mind Try blank. and, try and uh, fill in the attributes for each city and, and try and help make our decision a little bit easier. Chicago, we obviously know a lot about. It's our hometown right now. Um, San Francisco is a place that we both have been. Mm-hmm. You've been. I'm.
3: I'm from a you're, suburb. I know you're. By. I know you're from Just California, but
0: okay. So. I've got some fun facts, like you said. These probably won't mean much to us, but I thought it was fun to throw out anyway. I like it. Okay. Chicago, third biggest city in the country, 2.7 million people, <laughs> with uh, a 9.5 million population in the metro area, so that's pretty good. It's bigger than San Francisco, 7 million in the Bay Area, with uh, 900,000 people living in the city okay. of San Francisco, so that's uh, how they stack up population-wise. Chicago is the second tallest building in the United States. Um, the Willis slash Sears Tower. Have you been up there? I have multiple times. Have oh my you? god, absolutely and, not. And,
3: what? Not. I'm horrified of heights.
0: Oh, I would never be. So you would up never there. do like the glass walkway? No, the, uh, no, no. I, no, know, no, I forgot no. what the box is called. It absolutely. cracked that one day. I yeah, the day sky box that. or whatever? Yeah, on the sky deck. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember what the outlook or outwalk is called. It's fun. You should do it. Uh, no. What I don't like about the city or the building rankings that never made sense to me is that sometimes they count the antennas on the building and sometimes they don't. So, like, there's buildings in New York that are taller...
3: But they don't count?
0: ...than the Sears Tower. But because they count the Sears Tower's antennas, it counts as being taller.
3: But then some buildings' antennas don't count. Wait, also...
0: It's a very, like... Subjective, I think, ranking system. I don't know. It's weird.
3: Being from Illinois, do you care that it's now the Willis Tower? Is that like a soft spot? Uh not
0: really. Like, I'm not as sensitive to that. Like I'll still re- refer to it as a Sears Tower, but okay. I'm not gonna give my uh, undies in a bunch about it. Okay. So there's that. Um however, San Francisco's a very cool bridge. They have very they have multiple <laughs> bridges. But the Golden Gate bridge is really cool. I think the the Bay Bridge is underrated. It's like a nice landmark. So thoughts? Have you ever been on, yes. on those bridges yes I
3: have they're nice bridges okay. but I if we're, I feel right. like Chicago doesn't what do we have the what the Chicago Avenue bridge like that's I mean, kind of unfair at, you can't compare landmarks I'm not comparing that,
0: I'm, just, I'm just saying like cool landmarks like I don't know we
3: have the L we have the L <laughs> yeah the
0: Alcatraz would fit we have the L San Francisco has the cable cars I'd say there you go those are, those ah are, true yeah so, but although the L is like functional the cable cars are like basically tourists they
3: are tourists Um, the L's yeah yeah they are functional
0: Um, Chicago's a way better skyline. Really? I mean, Chicago's the best skyline in the country, I think. New York maybe has a case to make there, but San Francisco's not known for their buildings, you know. They have a lot of hills, I guess.
3: Which is amazing. They've got some actual incline. They have more like novelty
0: in San Francisco. They have, like, the Embarcadero, the Lombard Street with the car, the twisting cars. There's Um, not as
3: many, yeah. I guess people would say, like, what? Michigan Avenue?
0: Yeah, I guess. I would compare... I would compare some of the photo ops in Chicago, like at Millennium Park and the Bean.
3: Like what's more basic? Oh, fun. So,
0: so what's more basic? Pictures at the Bean or Mission Dolores Park in San Francisco? <sighs>
3: pictures at the Bean, 100% more basic. Okay. Because I've seen
0: so many pictures in the last like few weeks, months of friends or acquaintances at Mission Dolores Park. Have you been there? Yes. Okay. It's a beautiful outlook of the city. Absolutely. Also very basic. You can take your, your blanket sure. out there for a picnic. For sure. Hang out.
3: I mean okay We could also compare What shows that were set there Full house Yes full house
0: What else is out of there mm, That's really That's like the
3: one I- <laughs> Okay maybe that's all I got What the about Chicago ahead.
0: Besides like Chicago Fire
3: um, um, Shameless Hilarious Yeah
0: shameless is a good one I, um, I robot was set here really Transformers isn't
3: low-key Gotham, Gotham we... City is Chicago
0: in the dark night yeah that's
3: <laughs> the best Gotham
0: City it's way better than New York is the Gotham City
3: and whenever it's kind of foggy and weird like right by the John yeah. Hancock I'm like yeah, yeah
0: it's, a, it's a cool setup Bruce is here um, they do have wine country it's in, oh for sure San Francisco we got pretty good beer here though I feel like with oh. Goose Island and Lagunitas sure but but San Francisco has Lagunitas too That's
3: like that's true f- that's true
0: interesting Wow. Uh, uh San Francisco, I I looked it up, they were founded in seventeen seventy six. Oh. Pretty patriotic of that. That is really they,
3: patriotic of that I know.
0: Chicago, um, I think was founded a little earlier, but we also had a fire.
3: San Francisco also had a fire. They did. They're both <laughs> <laughs> But one was caused fighting by a, fire with fire one was oh. caused by an
0: earthquake and one was caused by a cow True so. Nat-
3: Natural disasters also
0: I'm just looking it up now and Chicago's <laughs> actually founded later than San Francisco in 1833. I guess there was like no gold rush here so that's does
3: does San Francisco have why. a flag?
0: I'm sure they do. Because, but, like, but you know
3: how Chicago's flag is, beat, like, really, really... You can't beat really Chicago's flag,
0: though. Yeah. It's way more iconic.
3: To be honest, this could sound super ignorant. I didn't really know.
0: But California's flag is really cool.
3: California's the state flag yeah. is sick. The bear. But, like, Chicago's is just Chicago's.
0: Yeah, and it's very... It's also very iconic. It's
3: super iconic.
0: So, I don't know. How are we going to determine this? I I mean,
3: coffee-wise...
0: Bias aside.
3: Coffee-wise, oh. I'd give it to San Francisco. Why? Phil's coffee is unreal from San but Francisco. But they also
0: have Pete's, which I don't really like that much.
3: Eh. It's okay. But like, what is it? What is even from Chicago? Coffee-wise? Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. But they have
0: everything that you want well, here. Whatever. I don't know like what's unique to to Chicago though. So we're kind of just the melting pot of it. Like you can go anywhere and get any kind of coffee here because like it all kind of converges mm-hmm. in the city.
3: I don't know if I. Agree. It's cleaner. But, all right, Chicago's oh. way cleaner.
0: Like, let's be honest. San Chicago's
3: Francisco, unusually clean. San
0: Francisco day. is kind of a dump when it comes to, like, cleanliness. It's it's nasty. It's just
3: really congested.
0: It's congested. It's nasty. It's more expensive. Oh, my God. Yeah. Chicago's <laughs> not that cheap either, but at least it's, like, manageable. A little comparable. Yeah.
3: Um, weather-wise, though, San Francisco trucks. Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it's, like, the Bay Area is my ideal weather. Yeah, like, I don't even like, like it perfect. being that hot. I like 50, 50 to 70, you know, mm-hmm. maybe slight breeze, and... It doesn't rain that much there, does it?
3: Not as much. No, I, I, it's very mild.
0: Although, I've always been someone that is kind of a advocate for the seasons. I think it builds character. It makes people happier when it finally does get nice, like it was these last two days yeah, in Chicago. Yeah, but people it's were,
3: April 10th, and it was maybe bliss. snowing outside. It
0: was bliss, though, these last two days. People were so happy. Yeah,
3: these two days were nice. It's all right. It'll come back. It always does. Today put me bitter. Bitter yeah. funk.
0: It's all right. So, we're going to have to uh, decide here one way or the other. I don't know if you have any... Sp- System or way you want to determine the winner.
3: I think somebody's got to win. I think I, I'm putting my vote to uh, San Francisco. I'm going to put my vote to Chicago. Let's,
0: let's determine how we uh, did last time with New York and Chicago. Or no, it was LA and San Francisco we did.
3: Are we leaving scissors. it to rock, paper, scissors again? Let's
0: do it. Alex. We have to. Okay. I mean, it was basically a toss-up in the national championship. Like, it's just (laughs) one bounce of the ball this way, one call, one finger graze of the replay. I have my
3: um, Yeti full of water ready to
0: toss on my head once I win. All right, here we go.
3: On shoot, I forget. Winner
0: take all. On shoot. Rock, Rock, paper, paper,
3: scissors, shoot. shoot. Ooh, rock, Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Ooh, rock, Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. shoot. Oh. Wow. I won.
0: It took us four.
3: You could say that was an overtime it win. It took
0: us four tries. We had three of the same on the first three uh rock paper scissors duels, but I ended up winning rock over scissors. Chicago wins. Chicago wins.
3: Okay.
0: <laughs> I don't have any problem with that. I've always said it's the best city in the world. I was willing to be swayed otherwise. But um as I as I said and as um, the rapper Lupe Fiasco said, "City from the Midwest, best city in the whole wide wide world." Oh wow! Chicago comes out on top. Is he from here? Yeah, he's. That's literally what it says in the song. I'm from the city in the Midwest, best city in the whole wide wide world.
3: Wow. So, okay.
0: Chicago's your winner. With that me. was fun. We went deep into April in our March Madness bracket. <laughs> yeah. it's April 10th. But um,
3: if anyone still cares, <laughs> I think it, yeah.
0: For Those who followed along these last three weeks, shout out to you guys, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, we didn't anger too many people with our, our city rankings. So. Good stuff, Colleen. It was fun. Amazing. If anything else?
3: Um, Hopefully next week will be collectively warmer. I don't know. I feel like it's April showers I mean, time. Right? Yeah.
0: It's that time of year. It's not a great time of year.
3: April's not one of my favorite months. It's, I agree. It's definitely bottom
0: half of my rankings of the months.
3: Uh, we could have done a bracket of the months.
1: Maybe
0: next year.
3: Um, maybe next year, but until then, I'll All talk right. to you next week.
0: See you then. All right, thanks once again to Colleen, Coach Peichel, and Coach Chambers for joining me. Another jam-packed episode. Uh, It's the last kind of main event of the college football and basketball seasons that we talk about. It's crazy, but spring and summer. um, Spring's here. Summer's, you know, right around the corner, and and we'll definitely talk some more Big Ten related events as we move forward. We've got the NFL draft coming up, NBA draft after that, and this kind of time of year opens up a lot of availability for athletes to come on and talk. So it's it's not bad in podcast terms. We'll definitely keep it moving and we'll keep getting good guests here on the show. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you as always to Wes White and Julie Bronder for producing the show. And we'll talk to you next time here on the Take 10
1: podcast.